0: This is episode 20 with Jana Francis.
1: You're listening to the Hustle Culture Podcast, where we profile hustlers from all over the world as they go through the climb and seek to make a difference. Here are your hosts, Tayo Roxon and Carlos Gill.
0: Welcome everybody to another episode of Hustle Culture. Today our guest is simply fabulous, amazing, than any other superlative you can think of. Her name is Jan Francis, and today as always as every other episode, I've got my co-host, my partner in crime, Carlos Gill. I call him Los. What do you call him?
1: <laughs> What's happening? Tayo and Jana, so excited to be here on another episode of Hustle Culture. I want to take a moment to say thank you to all of our listeners that have taken the time to download Hustle Culture on iTunes. We are really excited for today's episode because joining us is Jana Francis. Jana is the founder of steals.com and she's also a part of the Snapchat fam. We actually met in person in San Francisco a couple of weeks ago. We connected. It was amazing. She's amazing. And today she's going to be here on the podcast talking about her story. Absolutely. Welcome to Hustle Culture, Jana.
2: Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here.
0: Mm-hmm. So why don't you give the audience your uh, Snapchat handle so that you know, they can follow you on Snapchat?
2: Oh, yeah. So I'm Jana Steels on Snapchat, just J-A-N-A-S-T-E-A-L-S.
0: Jana Steele's and Carlos Gill is at the Carlos Gill and I'm at Roxon. So we can't wait to engage with you on there. So Jana, um, you know, we talked a bit before the show started and you've had quite the interesting journey. So why don't you tell us what it was like for you pre-entrepreneurship and, and uh, post-entrepreneurship, I guess.
2: Oh, wow. Well, it's, it's really interesting because there's even, you know, eight years in now, I've, I, I suppose I've been an entrepreneur now for eight years. It's you go through phases of your entrepreneurship as well, and you know the the beginning of my entrepreneurship is much different than it is now. But I never really considered myself an entrepreneur, believe it or not. Um, I was always, you know, I I always worked for other people, and it never really. I wouldn't say that like starting a business was my dream necessarily. It never even really occurred to me. It's just go out, find a job that I love, and kill it. Right. Right. And I've always loved all the jobs I've had. And I I didn't mind working for other people necessarily. It you know, but again, I I never really thought, oh, one day I'll start my own business or one day I'll be an entrepreneur. It wasn't even on my radar. But as I look back, I realize because I am I am totally entrepreneurial. When when I once I have been one, I realize I always really was in my own way. I just never really identified it. So as an example, uh, I used to live in uh, the Bay Area in San Francisco. And I worked for uh, two different companies out there. One of them was uh, Fujitsu. And as I drove to work every day, there would be there was a sign that was going up on a building. And one day it said E. The next day it said B and A and Y. And I'm like, what is this eBay thing? And you know, I I lived in a double wide mobile home out there because as as Carlos knows, it's freaking expensive to live in the San Fran area. And you know, I was putting my husband through chiropractic school and. <clears throat> I was seeing this building go up and we barely made ends, ends meet. I mean, we were paying almost $3,000 a month for just this tiny little mobile home. So barely making ends meet because again, he was a full-time student and I was full-time working. We had a little boy who at the time was like between three and six years old when we lived there. And I'm like, okay, what's eBay? And so I immediately like started digging in and became obsessed with it. But I, I was an eBay power seller before there really was such a term. I was going to garage sales and um, you know um, other places and buying stuff and reselling it on eBay and making I was able to eventually pay my mortgage with just what I was making on eBay at the time. I was even buying things on eBay and reselling it on eBay wow. because I was finding people that were listing things incorrectly wow. and so I, I, so anyway, what I realized about that, though, that was a really entrepreneurial type thing, right? And um, and helped me make ends meet. It also taught me a lot about um, selling online, which ironically is what, you know, I've been able to build my empire with. Um, so anyway, as I look back, even as I worked for other people, I always took everything to the next level. I was always getting, you know, rising up, getting promotions, getting moved around into higher and higher positions. And it was because I took each role that I had as a very entrepreneurial thing, and I took it to the next level. And I was always pushing um, to do more and do better. So, anyway, as I look back, I really always was one, but it wasn't. But I was always working for someone else at the time.
1: Jenna, so you know, you, you found a very successful company. Um Steel network, and we want to get into that, but you know what we really like to do here on hustle culture is we like to talk to our guests really about their climb and their journey. So you talk about eBay, selling junk items, other people's junk became your treasure that you flipped and sold, and that's when you when you kind of discovered it and you're like, you know what maybe I should be doing something else other than the corporate gig, but you also spent a lot of time working in traditional media, correct?
2: Yeah, yep. So when I when my husband graduated from chiropractic school, we moved back home here to Utah. And lucky enough, for the first year that I lived here, the company that I had worked for in, uh, it was actually Fremont at the time, mm-hmm. out in the Bay Area. The company I worked for wanted me to continue to work from them, but from home. And so I was able to work from home for a year here for the company in Silicon Valley, but the travel was a lot. I was going to all the trade shows and events around the nation, as well as... Um, going back for meetings a lot. Mm-hmm. And that was tough because I had a newborn baby, um, it, uh, my second son. And so I wanted to look for something here. So I ended up getting a job with uh, the NBC affiliate here in Salt Lake City, Utah, which is uh, Channel 5, KSL, and the number one radio station. So I, worked, um, I started in sales there as an account, basically a radio salesperson for the news talk station, and worked my way up over the seven years That I worked there into lots of different positions, from local sales manager to uh, sports marketing for BYU that I was um, talking about earlier, as well as um, uh, what really kind of put me into the world I'm in now, which is KSL.com was a big or is a big um, is where we push all the content, obviously Mm -hmm. the website for the uh, TV and radio station, but it also had a has a ton of content on it, uh, like classifieds and, and ways to connect the community. So the last two years that I worked there, they actually um, I was the director of sales for um, for the dot com, and was kind of the girl geek that taught all the other account managers for TV and radio how to sell digital and Mm -hmm. creating a lot of the the platforms online of which to sell, and that really um, was the beginning of uh, what I do now.
0: Gotcha. Interestingly so, enough. you know, you, you touched on it there at the beginning of what you do now. The beginning of what you do now uh, is steals.com. So when did this idea for steals.com really take in, you know, uh, inventory in your, in, your, in your brain there and say, you know what, Jana, you've got to take me out of your brain and bring it into life.
2: Wow, good <laughs> question. So
0: <clears throat> <laughs>
2: so I there were a couple different things happening both in my professional life and my personal life. So as far as the personal life, and this really pulls into my story, um, I was pregnant with my third child and it was a mm. girl, but it had, it had been six years since I had had a baby and so and I, and I have this great demanding career, but I, I finally had you know I had I had I, I was paid very well, so I um, was able to you know I wanted all the cute stuff finally it was like, oh yes I, I finally have a kid and I'm not broke right, right. <laughs> so I want I wanted a spoiler and get all the fun cutesy things. So I'm looking online um, f- for all the latest and greatest uh, items for baby. And it this was in you know 2005 and six, and e-commerce mm-hmm. was pretty infantile, forgive the pun, at the time. Mm-hmm. It was just a picture and a price, and there wasn't the why this not that sort of thing happening. And it it wasn't. It was just. You know, e-commerce just wasn't as awesome as it is now, and women were very, very underserved online at the time. So um, that was one thing. is I was looking for the latest and greatest products, and I did not have time to go to baby boutiques or brick-and-mortar stores. And I, and I also wanted a great deal. I was. My friends always joked with me, and they called me the dot-com princess because I always knew the best place to get the best deal on anything, both online and and in person. I'm always. Um, I'm a really uh, frugal shopper if you will which is kind of an interesting piece of my story as well. So the other thing is that I I, I wanted so desperately to be home with a baby. I mm-hmm. didn't want to have to work. I I really always worked just because I was getting my husband through, you know, 12 years of schooling, but it was um, you know, I I didn't necessarily I I, I wasn't I didn't always picture myself as a career woman. So I really wanted to just finally be home with that baby, and the the career that I had in the media was very very, very demanding. so I was really looking for opportunity to be able to work from home and and change up my career for a while um, to see if I could afford you know finding a job from home so that was one thing that was happening in my personal life, but professionally with as I mentioned selling uh, the dot com property. Being in advertising for seven years, I believed in a couple very um, interesting concepts, and one of them was concentration. So I taught a lot of marketers here, and really believed in concentration in marketing. Meaning, um, you know, instead of the spray and pray effort around, let's say, for example, you have a fifty thousand dollars ad budget for mm-hmm. radio ads. A lot of marketers just they they feel like if they put it all over all a lot of radio stations, that oh we're going to be on this station, this station, this station, this station. And it really doesn't work because not this, the same targeted number of people don't hear it in the right number of, you know, in the in an, enough times in the shortest period of time in order to take action. So concentration in, in um, traditional media works very, very well. And so instead of spray and pray, you really pick, obviously, the stations that match your demographic well and, and you really focus your efforts there. So I was also wondering, once I started... Um, once I was put in charge of the, the .dot com revenue right. and the digital sales there, I really wanted to test concentration there as well because um, digital advertising at the time was pretty new, right? Mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot mm-hmm. of tried and true things, uh, you know, back in 2000, you know, four, five, and six. So, but what I also saw, I saw marketers uh, being tempted to do the same thing. So they'd say, "Oh, I have three thousand dollars. I just want to do a an ad run of site." and just have my ad rotate. And right. I didn't believe in that at all. I always believed that no, you need to pick a niche area of the website and and you know, burn the shit out of it right there, yeah. right? You got <laughs> to be present for those people. They need to see you over and over and over um, as well as um, you know, in order for them you want them to take action and click over to your website. So I believed in concentration and so I wanted to test that out online and I was able to you know, find a couple advertisers that really trusted me. And test it out. For example, take over the homepage instead of mm-hmm. um, have the entire right. you know have your ad rotate throughout the entire website. And it worked. It worked not just well; it worked really well. And <clears throat> so as that was happening, I I'm looking at you know I I'm also really passionate about niche communities, and the internet has really um, opened up this world. So you're instead of you know only being exposed to people or what's happening in, you know, Zip Code 84123 and the the neighbors that are around you, um, you know, you're able to create community around anything that you're mm-hmm. passionate about, you know, and many communities around all of whatever your hobbies are or interests. And so that always fascinated me. And with um, being in charge of this website, you know, um, the, the sales content for for the local media, that was niche in a way, but it was it was niche by geography. Right. And so, as I'm looking online for the latest and greatest products for baby, and wanting to connect with other moms like me, because clearly there's other women out women out there that want to be able to uh, make money from home and or create a business from home, mm-hmm. I really strive to connect with other women like me, and the internet made that possible. So as when I once I realized, God, I'm way too busy for all this shopping crap. Um, I really wish there was a website that would just spoon-feed me something interesting every single day and give it to me in small doses cuz I'm super busy, but tell me why I want that diaper bag and not the other one. Keep me in the know, keep me, you know, make me hip and trendy, but also give it to me at the best deal. Like, give it to me at a great deal. Don't waste my time. Spoon-feed me awesome stuff and connect me with other people like me. And that's when the concept for babysteals.com started because I realized if this website doesn't exist, clearly there's other women like me in the world, so I better create it. And I know it sounds weird and cliche, but I I came up with the name of the website in the middle of the night, sat up at bed, I was like, Baby Steals, oh my gosh. <laughs> and if that worked, then I could do Kid Steals, and then I could do She Steals, like products for women, and then I could do one for scrapbooking, and then I could do one for camping, and fishing, and hunting, and you name it. Because <laughs> niche niche works, right? And I could create niche communities in tons and tons and tons of categories. So once I realized there wasn't anything like it, and there wasn't, this was long before Groupon, there was no daily deal website for women's products or anything of the sort. And I thought, oh my gosh, concentration, you know, is key. And it was, it was completely, um, it, it was really tying in with what I believed professionally as well. So I just thought, holy cow. I'm a smart girl. I can, uh, you know, if anybody can do it, I can. And so I tried it. So I thought, wow, it it took me 18 months to get it going. 18 months, the time I had the concept to the creation. Wow. But yeah, because I was, you know, I have three kids, a very, very full time job. But what I did, and and looking back now, realizing um, the trends Mm -hmm. and what happened in the industry shit if i would have just believed in myself more mm-hmm. and like quit my job and just done that i can't imagine what i you know i would have gotten a you know seriously like, two year leap on anybody else that came yep. in to the market tried to do the same thing but i just did all i could do was just keep the discipline of i would not i would not let one day pass where i didn't take a step forward
1: you know, Jam. I'm actually, I'm intrigued by your business model here. Actually, my question for you is, is twofold. One, I'm really curious to know the domain, Steals.com, what did it take for you to secure that? Because as we know, that's a really popular name. But really what I want to know, I'm looking at She dash right now and i'm seeing that you have a lot of inventory on your website that's deeply discounted is this inventory that you actually have on hand that you you know that sits at a warehouse that you ship out is this inventory that you have different um you know apparel brands that come to you that they want to feature their product on your website let's talk a little bit more about how the actual business model works for yeah Steels network
2: yeah okay so in general, what we do, and, and now fast forward, I mean've I've got, I've got a, about 40 employees here in Salt Lake City, Utah. but the, my buying 40? yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, I've 40. had upwards of, of 80 employees, but we've been able to really refine and be a lot more efficient about the roles, and you know there was never anything like this before, so we're creating processes and systems as we go. but um, so we actually curate the deals ourselves, meaning. We go out and we, we think, so now we're the trend centers, right? I wanted somebody to keep me in the know. Now we've turned that around and, and we provide that, that value, that service. So we stay in the know on all the trends and we actually go after the brands that we want to feature. So And then, and then uh, we partner directly with the manufacturer. So we're typically going for high-end goods, very well-known brands that have you know a lot of, uh, we're really focused on quality as well. So we go after the brand and we work directly with them on the quote unquote promotion of their product on steals.com because they have a full 24 hour, you know. So it's it's daily deals so they they've got full 24 hour takeover on our website and it's all about them. It's about their brand story, it's about their product and, you know, and we bring it to them bring it to users at the best price. So we um, we do have we buy it in advance and we have a full e-commerce fulfillment center here in Salt Lake City, Utah, of our own. We've got a 30,000 square foot warehouse, and mm-hmm. our offices are also in the same building, and so we do. We, we, we have the product shipped to us, and um, that gives us time to verify it for quantity and quality, and it goes through our photography and videography studio, assuming we decide to do a video. If they don't have the images that we want, then we, we have our, you know, big photography studio, and then it uh, goes up at a steel. And we um, majority of the time, so over the last eight years, you know, we we like to do 100% same day shipping. So anything that's ordered by 3 p.m. gets shipped out the same day. Mm-hmm. Um, but the last uh, the last three months, we've shifted our model just a little bit to do some testing. Where uh, what we'll do is we'll we'll put the product up. And the manufacturer still has uh, the inventory, and then when the when the event is over, they ship it to us, and then we ship it to the consumer. So we do. We're testing that right now. We're doing a little bit of it. So, but in general, we um, do have the inventory in in our control and in stock, so it can ship out the same day.
1: Yeah. You know, so I want I want to point out. You know, I used to live in Salt Lake City, and oh, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> There's that there's that is, there's that connection actually. That really drew me in when we first met, Jana, was that SLC connection. But one thing that really stood out was in, in getting a chat with you. You were very open and transparent in that you've grown a multi-million-dollar business. This isn't a side hobby by any means that you're just doing, you know, to make a couple extra bucks. This is a legitimate, you know, income uh, generator for you. But you know what? Let's kind of take it back a few notches on your climb to success to where you're at you know, there's definitely been obstacles and struggles along the way because as I'm sure you can attest to, there's no such thing as overnight success. So let's speak to that a little bit. What are some of the challenges that you faced as you were going through the climb?
2: So I would say one of the biggest challenge was uh, knowledge because I had never um, found a way to print postage. I had never, I didn't know anything about e-commerce, right? So here I am and now I've got, you know, I mean, we've generated, we've shipped over almost 2.6 million orders now, right? Yeah. Wow. But I mean, it started in my basement, right, of my other house that's uh, just up the street because I was able to build uh, my dream home down the road. But uh, (laughs) so, yeah, we um, so many challenges. Everything from um, growth was a big challenge. So, for example, we got to the point where, we were selling out on our website within five minutes every day, because wow. I didn't have the room to buy enough inventory. Like I was running it out of my basement, right? And so it was really managing the growth, because at one point, you know, we—I knew that I could sell thousands more than I was um, than I was ordering, but I had no space for it, and I hadn't secured a warehouse yet because we were looking. But, um so really managing the growth was a huge huge challenge, and again, the knowledge when I started, I had no idea how i was uh, i didn't know anything about um you know online transactions or shopping carts or any of that, and that was part of the eighteen month process, right A lot of that was just research and learning okay you know what what qualifications do you need in order to take somebody's credit card online right uh, and and really teaching myself UX and UI and web design and my word I mean the list goes on and on and on so it was really the knowledge because I had no freaking clue what I was doing it wasn't like I came in with this you know degree I mean I didn't even graduate from college so I dropped out a year and a half in so anyway um, not that they would have taught college or taught e right. commerce <laughs> <to> <laughs> college, but anyway um, so that, that was one big thing was um, you know managing the growth and, and just managing growth as well as the knowledge again having to teach myself completely new things and then uh, the other thing would, would have, was money, because I, I moonlighted for five months. So I started, I started the company in April of 2008, and that was when the first deal or steal went live. And we've, we've done a brand new steal every single day for eight years, and expanded obviously into three additional categories. We, we launched kid steals a year later. We launched scrapbook steels a year later, and we want, we launched she steels, which is you know all products for women, just a couple years ago. Um, but it was uh, believing in myself enough to quit my day job, if you will, to then focus on it full time. But I had the real reality of my husband had just um, you know he was starting his chiropractic business here in Salt Lake, and I had not you know I was the breadwinner, so. And real realities around needing health insurance for the three kids, and so i didn't i didn't quit my job for five months, but when I finally did, it was only because i did not i couldn't like i wasn't sleeping like I would get home from work and I would work all through the night and then go back to work hmm. and it was like i couldn't i couldn't physically keep up with it anymore, but I needed to make a certain amount of money in order to pay the bills, right. so I ended up um Quitting five months in, and I just, I just wish—that's one of my things as I look back. I really wish I would have um, believed a little bit more and just taken a bigger risk and a leap. And uh, because as soon as I started focusing on it full time, it exploded.
0: You know, that's one of the things I want the hustlers out there to, to really take—you uh, um, know—take heat to heart. Because as you're listening to, the, to this episode, you, you're hearing um, an amazing lady about how she believed in herself. And then the more she believed in herself, the more success uh, she started to realize. Uh, she started moonlighting. She was volunteering. She didn't have the knowledge, so she put in the time to know the knowledge. She didn't have enough hours in a day, but funny enough, we all have the same twenty-four hours. So she learned how to <laughs> ma- maximize that and emphasize, uh, you know, really prioritize essentially what was important to her and focus on on having that knowledge. Um, so I, I really love the points that you brought up there because that's that's typically what a lot of entrepreneurs deal with. There's no age to start a business, but the you know typically what a lot of entrepreneurs face is do I quit my job do I do this and you know you you did that you you had that dilemma you 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 paid the bills when you needed to and then you walk down um the solo path of being an entrepreneur so thank you for sharing that one other thing you brought up though which is which is which is uh in 2016 is not very very common you said you were the breadwinner. Uh, of, your, of your family yep. and you've mentioned a few times you supported your husband through uh you know chiropractor school i'm I'm very interested if it's okay for you to share about sure. um how that conversation happened and and how you decided to take that on and also maybe talk about how he supported you throughout your journey
2: yeah, well, i mean there really wasn't it wasn't a conversation around it just wasn't an option so right. i mean i got married we got married when I was nineteen I was pregnant and that was so it wasn't even you know okay one of us has to drop out of school and the other one has to go right and he wanted to be a chiropractor and so that was it it was like okay we'll get you through school and i'll see what i can do to make money while you're going through school and so that was just it it was just out of okay we're gonna do this and you know um make it happen and you know once he graduated um you know, I had to continue to work, obviously, because he hadn't really started. Or he was just getting his business going and everything. So mm-hmm. um, kind of interesting how it all came about. But it was it wasn't even really a conversation other than just, oh, yeah, you know, we'll get you through school first. Maybe I'll go back later. But <laughs> school's just school wasn't my thing. It, it wasn't. Your wasn't thing. My thing. Hey, well, it
0: also wasn't, uh, you know, Carlos is thin. And look what, what you've done. So, you know, I, <laughs> I definitely I wouldn't say school hey, is, hey school school.
1: I want to say school's not overrated, or I want to say school is overrated. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to. Yeah, I want to say school's <laughs> not for everybody. There you go. I think there's yeah. a lot of folks that the structure that that a education provides for you, going to college specifically. But I think you've got people just like – I know with me coming up, I just couldn't sit and stay focused long enough. Yep. I wanted to go out and just execute and work.
0: Yeah. No. Yep.
2: I, yep, I call it I, I needed productivity. I had to I had to do something. I had to accomplish something every day. And sitting and listening to somebody else push content into my brain was not one of them.
0: Oh. I don't know. This well, s- it. Speaking of action, since you're a woman of action, one of the things that I, I said earlier and we had talked prior to the show recording this was uh, how you actually got the name Steels.com. On, on oh, yes. When you first hear Steels, you think, come on, someone just got to have that domain name. There's no way she owns steels.com. com. But um it turns out there's a story. This is why I just passed yeah. the mic back to you.
2: <laughs> All right. So, um when I when I started the company and thought of the name Baby Steels I realized okay first I need to make sure that there's not like a big company that owns the Steels trademark mm-hmm. and that's operating like cuz I just thought well Jesus is such a no brainer somebody's already doing it clearly mm-hmm. and when I went to steels.com because I thought if it works for babies it'll work for kids it'll work and the the name the company name needs to be steels.com right and it it was it was taken it was um but it wasn't necessary. There wasn't anything that was really operating successfully on it. It was, if I remember correctly, it was just like an affiliate site that just had, you know, a bunch of okay deals online that day. But it was, it was, it was really geared toward like techie, um, you know, and, and men, it, and it was quite um, ugly, if you will. <laughs> and anyway. Um, so I, I looked to see who owned it and and left it at that. I thought, oh, somebody's operating a business on it. And I knew there was no way at the time because I bootstrapped the whole thing. So I had no money. So I knew I couldn't buy it. And then two years in, and so I named the company Steel Network, right? A network of steel sites. So that's what we started out as um, our company name. And, and then um, in 2010, they reached out to me and said, whoa, so you've got these you know three really successful websites going i'm sure you want to combine them all under one domain so why don't you buy the website and it was just way 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 out of my league price wise i mean ridiculous like <laughs> completely and so i just i played the negotiation and um and just and was very very patient about it and then in 2012 i could tell because they contacted me again i could tell that um they really needed to make a play and get some money out of that asset. And so we negotiated for several months and I was able to get them to a price that made made sense. Ironically, it was a guy out of Utah uh, huh. that owned it. And even more ironically, uh, he's now a good friend and a great advocate wow. of my company. Yeah, he's really, really cool. So. Anyway, we were able to um, to buy it from him and and you know had the money. We also bought steel dot com. That was also a really pretty penny, um, but I didn't want anybody to mistype it and go to steel dot com and have it be something random because a lot of people mess that up. And uh, so anyway, I, I did. I was able to talk him down to a price that it was still ridiculous, but um, but it you know the, the dollars and cents made made sense for us at the time, and then. We were able to, um, you know, make that really the company facing the the name of the company. And, I mean, we still are Steel Network because We actually operate a few other um, um, alternate sites. Um, We have some Amazon stores and some things like that that are under Steel Network. So that's the company name. But publicly, we're definitely Steels.com.
0: Yeah.
2: And then we were able to, you know, make it baby.steels.com and and have it be one domain with a shared shopping cart and you know uh, have the niche sites under the um, you know subdomains subdomains so.
0: so how many domain names do you own cuz you you said you <laughs> <laughs> you said you had steel.com Steels.com. So i I'm, I'm i imagine there are many more
2: yes i have um, i have about 300 domains that end in steels.com <laughs> wow but then i have yeah but then i have hella misspellings of everything as well so we have a big godaddy bill every month but uh, or every, year, I should say, it's actually every month though because it renews at the time that I bought them. But so I have about 500 domains, um, and also really, really trademarked. I've been able to, lucky enough to, really trademark up on all the brands, and as well as our mission statement, which is we send joy. Um, and we've also, we're eventually going to do a big global expansion. So we, but we wanted to get our trademarks first. So we've, we've got our trademarks approved for steals.com in the Madrid protocol and. A lot of other um countries as well, so
0: gotcha, gotcha. One of the things I like doing with our guests is uh, is is really have them talk to that budding entrepreneur out there going through the climb. you know they come in all ages, sizes, shapes, and forms, but the one thing that they do have in common is that passion and that uh that uh, inclination to solve a problem. At least most of them do. So, what would you tell you know those those uh, those budding entrepreneurs out there? You know the three things that you focus on.
2: Wow. Well, the first first of all, it's it's ironically with the name of your podcast, it's the hustle. I think some entrepreneurs don't realize how hard it really is, and that you have to work ten times harder. To build something, you anyway. That's that's one of the things that I would say is just you've got to have severe hustle and realize that as an entrepreneur, you really have to. Um, you as you, when you create something, you have to work ten times um, smarter and harder. But you have to work smarter, and uh, so that's that's um, the biggest thing I would say is it's hard, hmm. and you have to have severe perseverance, right, and. It, you know in order to you know it's it's sometimes there's a lot of stability in working for someone else right it's mm-hmm. not it's not bad so uh, oftentimes i'll say because some people say well i just want to be my own boss and so i'm going to maybe create websites from home or something like that and i say that's yeah. cool but th- you're a freelancer in that case right? right there's a big difference between working for yourself and being your own boss that's one thing but you're a freelancer but an entrepreneur is somebody who builds something that's bigger than themselves that functions when they're sleeping, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. No, I so agree with that.
1: (laughs) I've I've got a question that I think is really important to ask. You know, Jana, you're a mom of uh, three kids, I believe. Uh Uh-huh. And and you also have a husband, and you are just a kick-ass businesswoman at the same time. Mm. How do you balance all of it? Like, let's talk about Jana the cook at home that's making Uh dinner for her kids and her husband and making the brownies, you know, how, how do you just manage everything?
2: You know, ironically, that's my favorite thing. I am, um, in my happy place when I'm in my kitchen and garden, I love to cook. I freaking love to cook and I love gardening. Um, we've, I've got an acre here in Salt Lake and we, you know, grow the heck out of it. I love it. Um, so I'm, I'm, really, I'm really a domestic type of a person, and I love just being home and cleaning and being with the family. So it's ironic that here I turn around and spend so much time working, um, but it's really been out of necessity, right? Um, but as far as the balance and everything, I, I wouldn't say that I necessarily have it. Um, I'm, I'm working toward that every single day. But one of the cool things that um, you know I've done over the years and been able to do is um, you know, breakfast every single day. Cause I don't often get home for dinner, which really sucks. But, um, but we, we, we always have, you know, I, I like to send the kids off and get them to school and everything. And so we really cherish our mornings around here. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I have the perfect balance, but then my husband obviously is very supportive. He has to pick up a lot of the slack at home when I'm not here, obviously. Um, but yeah, we're just kind of a, a good team in that way. And, um lucky enough to have really great kids. I've been so blessed with that. So that's also been a huge help as well as my kids just in general are freaking great kids, you know? Yeah. So.
0: <laughs> no, no. I mean, that's one of the things the I year. admire about you and Carlos because both of you are in the same position. Carlos has got two kids uh, and, you know, and a lovely wife and, you, you know, you've got an amazing husband. But the things that both of you share as entrepreneurs and as influencers in your industries is the fact that you have great support systems um and, and i hear this from people from people like you because i'm you know i'm the only single one here so I, it's not something that i can speak on from experiences but from observation it seems like you know an understanding implicit or explicit you know it, it's it's there but you you tell the sort of that support system whether it's the guy or the, or the lady and um you know picking up the slack and then making time when you can because you said one of the domestic things, or one of your favorite things, so you make maybe set those days aside where there's no entrepreneurship work, and it's just you and your kids. You just told me your kids went to the game, uh, the Utah Jazz game. You're big basketball fans, you know things like that, where you you get to sort of take them out of the environment and just let them be kids. So it sounds like those are also important things to to have. Uh,
2: Absolutely, and we um, we vacation really really hard too. We we love. You know, going to cool places and exploring together, and
0: um, yeah, 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 Definitely. yeah. I don't. Uh, Carlos wants to wrap it up here, so I don't know if you had any final questions, Carlos.
1: No, this has been great. You know, Jan, I want to thank you for taking the time to to go ahead and chat with Tyo and I here on Hustle Culture today. You are just an amazing person. I think there's so much that uh, that we can learn from you as a community of hustlers out there. So, before we wrap up this episode. We like to give our guests an opportunity to go ahead and just drop their 30 second pitch shark shark tank style. (laughs) So anyone listening to this for anyone listening to this interview, why don't you tell them who you are and and where they should go to learn more about you and why?
2: Okay, cool. So with a pitch for my company or pitch for me?
1: (laughs) You know what, let's let's do this. Because at the end, we give our guests anyways an opportunity to go ahead and give a shout out to where they can find you. So a pitch about your company. Okay, cool.
2: Got it. Okay. So founder and president, steals.com. I'm on Twitter like crazy. I am uh, at Jana underscore Steals on Twitter. And we save people money every single day, every single day at 8 a.m. Pacific time. We have a new high quality product up at the best price online until it sells out or for 24 hours. And you can go to steals.com and check it out. And at the bottom right, you'll see a little email modal that will pop up if you're not logged in. And you can sign up for our email alert. And we will spoon feed you the latest and greatest products for babies, kids, scrapbooking, and women every (laughs) single day at 8 a.m.
1: Boom. Boom. Love it. And where where can people
0: find you?
2: Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Jana underscore Steeles or Snapchat at Jana Steeles.
0: There we go, there we go, there we go, and uh, everyone listening out there, as I always say, no matter where you are, no matter what you look like, stare into that mirror and remind yourself to use your difference to make a difference. Because your biggest competition is staring at you right now, and there's no reason why you can't step into your greatness. Till next time, Los, we'll be dropping some real talk on Snapchat. I'll be telling you how to use your difference and difference, use your difference to make a difference on Snapchat, and Jana will be being the amazing kick-ass ass. Awesome entrepreneur and influence for entrepreneurs worldwide on Snapchat, Twitter, everywhere else in the world at uh, Janice underscore Steals and also www.steels.com. Boom. Boom. <laughs> so next
1: time, guys, this has been Hustle Culture. Thank you for listening. And if you like this episode, please leave us a review.
0: Yes, please do.
2: Cool. Guys. <laughs> okay. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Hustle Culture Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and keep on hustling.